Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. The performance rankings, you had to be there, the crappy quiz, and a slight tangent. Does that count? <laughs> Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. Champions League final weekend. Graham Hunter, good morning to you. Morning, how are you? Great, and thanks many for jumping on. We're um, we're excited to talk about it. We were having a bit of a debate on the show yesterday as to whether people generally were excited about the fact that it's the Champions League final. It's Manchester City against Inter Milan in Istanbul tomorrow night. And we get a lot of reaction from pe- people on social. And I would summarise it by saying people are a little bit meh. But did they say why? I can't understand it. I think the rationale would be that I think a lot of people who would sit in the fence wouldn't be uh, particularly into Manchester City winning it. And then I know Inter have won it four times, but maybe more recently they're not seen as one of the powerhouses of Europe. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm not, I don't want to come on and, and try and persuade those. You know, you've led me into a situation where you know how I'm going to react um, if the if the Champions League final was between... Um, Pot Thistle and, and Clare, I'd still be head over heels excited mm. about it. It's it's the pinnacle of European football, and I'm addicted to it, and I have been since I was a kid. Um, I'm far more attracted by the idea, but whether um, I don't want to portray Inter as as the the villains in, in a footballing sense in any way, but they're a, a, a hard working team that understands its own limitations. They have they certainly have some standout footballers. But I've watched a lot of their their play this season, and it's um, it's squeezing space, it's wing backs, and I realise as I'm saying all this, I'm maybe not selling it to those of you who are a bit mad about the final, but that's the fact about how Inzaghi's team plays. They if if they're they're bullies in the best sense of it. If they find they have a weaker team in front of them, then you can have fun watching them because there there are there's a cluster of skillful players which. Would include um, Barella, Chalanoglu, um, Lautaro, Martinez is on very, very good form at the moment, um, and I think that there's no mistaking how they're going to play against City. They're going to try and close the spaces. They're going to try and understand that if the, the, the City system might be complex to to, to train to design. But it's relatively easy to understand what you can do to stop the system functioning, which is that if you can close the spaces in which particularly Ilkay Gundogan and Bernie Silva, as I learned, the the, the team call him, um, we were at training. It was a a fantastic privilege, I think. When you can watch any top football team train throughout a full session, I find it a huge privilege because you learn a lot. One of the things I learned is that Bernardo Silva is Bernie to his teammates, which just didn't sound right at all. But if you can close the spaces in which the Turk and Silva and De Bruyne like to function, then the quality of ball that either Grealish gets in terms of being one-on-one against his rival or Haaland getting space to run into, the quality of ball delivered to him changes. And, And that's what Inter are going to try to do, definitely. And I'm not saying that they... If given a chance, they can't play. They'll certainly be strongest set plays. They'll be they'll be keep shoot from distance. They definitely have heightened power across man for man. Not every single matchup, but across the two teams, they have a heightened power um, bias in his favour. And for me, I'm going to be fascinated as to as to how 
Manchester City, Harry Houdini themselves out of the the press and the asphyxiation that Inter are mm. going to try and put on them. And and uh, those those who aren't excited about it, find fair. Um, but we're looking at history. We're looking at you know the potential for a treble. No coach has ever done um, two trebles. Um, no coach, thereby, you know, it's it's de, de facto that no coach has done a treble at two different clubs. Guardiola and Chikibirstein would be responsible for two trebles if they achieve it um, on Saturday night. And for my taste as well, uh, Manchester City's football is absolutely, it's it's stunning. It's it's beautiful when it functions. It's it's highly complex and it's hugely risky and it's really really enjoyable mm. I think you've sort of cut to the nub of the issue there in terms of also and I'm, I'm in the realms of supposition now but I'm probably leaning my own biases into it as well about the predicted outcome of the game and a lot of people feeling that it will be in Manchester City's uh, favour but you lean in on something there Graham that we might tease out a little bit more about that Inzaghi style of play that sort of compact 3-5-2 you know um, there might have been as you called out yourself a little bit of a pejorative nature to some of the comments you make about his uh, his lineup and how they're pretty solid all over the pitch without the star names maybe of a, of the likes of Manchester City but uh, there's been some fairly average Premier League teams that have got some success out of uh, City in the season just gone with sort of sitting a little bit deeper is that how you expect this game to certainly start out? I, not, I don't expect them to sit deep um, as such I, I do think having watched Inter a lot that what they do is they they try to make sure that there's no spaces that, that the gaps that the three key footballers operate in are are closed. So and they're also bullies. They're they're a very physical side. Um, I think the the, the pits um, of Italian football was shown by Roma and Mourinho, and it's not going to be quite like that. I thought they were, and I knew that was coming. I'd watched Roma this season. And I think that Mourinho, you know, who's just the lowest of the low in terms of what you want in sport, as far as I'm concerned, um, knew that he was he had to try and maximise the anything to, to try and win. And it was a really ugly spectacle. And Sabia contributed without question. They contributed, and Inter aren't going to be like that. But I'm I'm coming to the, the point um, that Shane they. They will bully. They will. It will be win at any cost uh, uh, because that's built into the Italian um, footballing nature. And therefore, I think that if you're not an Interista, it'll be very easy watching it to to, to put the black hat on them and think they're the baddies of the thing because that they won't they won't need to or want to entertain. They have the capacity to. They definitely. Anybody who watched the way in which Inter ripped. Milan in the first half hour of the first leg of the semi-final. They were on top of them. That's my point. If they sniff that they've got... Let's say City just have an outright bad night. Let's say City are are not as prime as they need to be going out there. For example, in 2009, when Pep won his first treble, the third part of it was in Roma, um, in the Olympic Stadium, and it was against Manchester United, and it's now pretty well known that Pep decided that an inspirational tool at the end of a long season where they'd won the title, and they'd only, well, they did a, an interesting final in, in the Cup against Atletico by going 1-0 down and having it worked very hard to get back into it, but ultimately winning 4-1. 
he, he gave the players in the dressing room a video composed by a local television technician of the highs and lows of their season so far with images of their family and friends and kids um, in it to the, to the theme tune of Gladiator. And the, the players testify and, and, you know, we made a film about all of this. So we've spoken to them directly, but some of them were in tears. Some of them went out with wobbly knees and they walk out to um, who's the beautiful Italian singer, the blind uh, tenor, Andrea Bocelli, yeah. um, singing um, as the as the as part of the opening ceremony prior to the kickoff. They're lined up, and and that if those who weren't already in tears, the the idea of listening to this beautiful voice soaring around the Olympic Stadium in Rome absolutely set the rest of them off. And they admit that for the first 10, 12 minutes that they were in pieces and they were they're just jelly. And so I spoke to I interviewed Pep Guardiola about a week, a week ago today, probably, I guess. And I asked him, you know, if you go anything and you'll avoid doing that again, but get anything up your sleeve. And he was like, no, we, the ultimate thing that we'll try to do is, is treat this as, as a simple Premier League match. The lowest key uh, preparation not building up at all. He said, I've learned that it's it's not useful to overexcite my players. Now, if that fails, if, they, if for some reason City go, which I, I don't expect, go out there and and they're not on, on point, in terms of the capacity to bully them and to play, in, in terms of get on top of them and play and attack and, and be ferocious, it'll surprise me a little bit if anxiety starts that way like he did against Milan because he understood certain things uh, Rafael Leal was out. Milan hadn't been playing particularly well. They had really hard battles against Napoli. And Inter and Zaghi obviously decided, if we get right at them, if we land a couple of blows on the jaw early on, they may crumble. And and he was right. It was just a total mismatch for 45, 50 minutes at least. And the tie was effectively won then. If they go out like that against City, if they sniff anything from City, then Inter can play good football. It's just that they know they're not as good a side as City. They've been, I've watched them across six or seven matches this season where they they have felt that they might be outmatched. And if you remember against uh, Benfica in the home leg when it looked like it was, it, it was all over and completely wrapped up in Inter's favour, I think it ended today in 3-3 at home. So they, they've got the capacity to play in a ding-dong battle too if, the, if they themselves find that City are cutting them open and, and take a lead in to have the capacity to to, to shed their sort of um, boxing gloves and and go for a match. I think that, that, that as long as we get goals from whichever ever side, and, and you both know that Inzaghi's side, since he took over at Inter, have played in eight finals and won seven of them. Mm. So, um, and, and in the last three of those, they've gone, they've gone a goal behind. So those who think that there's no chance of entertainment and that it'll be sterile on Saturday, I think, are, are working on a pretty partial information. Graham, uh, you mentioned you, you spoke to Pep Guardiola um, within the last week or so. Um, what's he like to sit down with, both on air and off air? Because he, rub, <laughs> he rubs people off the, the wrong way, some rubs people up the wrong way sometimes. I speak to a lot of people who interview him on a weekly basis, or, or, or you know, twice, you know, in a month, and. They will say that if you catch him when he's annoyed, that he'll maybe be sort of leaning into the question and pretending not to hear it, or he'll cough during a, uh, your question. Or and 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 I love the way that it's it's if you're 
catching him in the wrong day, it's a gladiatorial battle. <laughs> I like his, I really enjoy watching his press conferences and, and I treat him with, even though we've, we've known each other now for a long time, I treat him with ultimate respect in terms of trying to um, be persuasive for him to open up and enjoy the interview. If um, you know, if I'm if I'm when I'm sitting down with him, whether it's in Zoom, whether I put a question in a press conference, and I take a, I take as as much care with him as probably I've ever done with anybody when I'm interviewing because you first of all I don't normally expect to, to rile him up. But I want good answers. I want to understand more about him. I want to understand more about his team or his tactics. I genuinely, I'm not there for a headline. I want to understand more. I want there to be value in getting this. Listen, I, I think he's a Mozart of you know football. I think he's right up there with with anybody who's who's coached or or designed systems in sport. And therefore, <laughs> while while he's doing so, while he's still you know working at club, I want the most out of him. So. What I find is that it's undoubtedly the case that it's a benefit that there's that there's trust when I speak to him. So I think it's a little bit um, I'm anomalous in that, that there's no way we're boozing buddies and there's no way he's going to give me a pass. If I screw up and ask a stupid question, then I'm going to end up with mud on my face. Be, be sure about that. But he knows what I'm interested in. He knows that when I'm asking things, it's... it's um, I'm not, I won't be asking polemic. I'll be I'll be wanting to un, him to explain better. So usually he tries, and I found last week he he was. For example, I said to him, you know, with, with the things that have happened to you in the Champions League, have you ever grown to hate the competition? He just laughed. And he went, look, I've had experiences which were extremely painful and which last with me. I've had experiences which broke up projects, and you know, I coached in in Germany well and didn't win it there. Um, but he said, if I die this week, if I die tomorrow, I've I've played in a Champions League final for the club that I love and I've won it. I've coached two Champions League finals for the club that I love and I've won them. And and the one he went to really surprised me. He said, I got so close to getting into the final. And he mentioned Bayern Munich against Atletico Madrid, which if people don't remember, it was the final that Atleti got to the second time against um, Real Madrid, which was finals in Milan. And Bayern should have won, and Atleti clung on, and Bayern and Atleti missed penalties in the in the first leg, uh, in the second leg in in Bavaria, and somehow my memory tells me who was the keeper. Was it Courtois? De Gea? It must have been Courtois. Anyway, at any rate, um, Atleti cling on, and somehow uh, Oblak maybe do it, and and that was the final. Uh, the, the semi-final that Pep's mind went to immediately, and and he said we were so close to getting to the final that that time, and he, he, for him it, the answer was that this competition has given him personally much more than it's taken away from him. But I'll, I'll close I'll close this long rambling answer by telling you that in um, the open day on Tuesday, I guess it was, which was partly in the academy indoor um, arena where where they have a, a full size pitch. And it was part of, and, and training was open, which is just magnificent. To be, I'll tell you something about training if you want to know in a minute. But Thierry Henry was up for CBS to to interview Pep, something that he's done before. And of course, he played in that first treble winning side in 2009, played when in Rome against United when Thierry Henry assesses himself to have been about 60% fit, doesn't know how he got on the pitch. Um, 
and he was nervous. He was nervous about this interview. He was well prepared. I watched from a distance. Pep was animated, really enjoyed it. It was the only one-on-one that Pep was doing last Tuesday. And if Thierry Henry goes into an interview a little bit cons- concerned about how does he get it right, what does he, what should he not ask, then you know that Pep's achieved some of the one of the things that um, he wants to, which is he wants interviewers to think hard about what they're asking, and he wants to make it look like it might be a daunting experience. Yeah. So um, interviewing Pep, for my taste, is fun because if we're you, you boys interview all the time across all sports, and you know the types of people you come across. You you come across a wide range of people. Some who enjoy speaking, some who enjoy messing about. And it's a test, and it should be a test for us. And it, it should sharpen our skills. And that's how I find him. Uh, I'd interview him every single week if I was allowed to, if I was able to. Um, and then my then my strike rate for getting a good interview from him might well go down. <laughs> I'm not sure about that, Graham. Um, I have heard him joke about the you know the cliche about well he overthinks the uh, finals. I've heard him have a gag about that. Um, and I don't know if that was his way of sort of ripping the plaster off and saying, "Listen, I'm here for it. Let's uh, let's discuss it," or if actually it was like a real thing in his mind, and he's it's it's going to be a factor from this weekend. What are your did that come up in the conversation? Or what are your views on that? No, well, my views are pungent, as you might imagine. I think that you know, probably even though I've heard a couple of words escape on off the ball, am I won't use the word that you know I um, that I'd like to, but it's it would rhyme with. Uh, Bucking right, um, <laughs> it's just it's absolute nonsense. There was, there was, there was really one final where there was controversy over a positional strategy that he used, which was the the final against Chelsea, um, in the oddest of times. Um, you know, it was at the it was, it was when there had been so many months without fans and so many months of um, pandemic, and and he chose not to use a pivoti. And and people harp on about that because it was taken as a theme before the match. And nobody that I have seen when, when that final gets talked about, nobody talks about the outright assault by Rudiger on Kevin De Bruyne um, after about an hour, which robbed Manchester City of their best player and didn't get Rudiger a red card, which it fully merited. Smashed De Bruyne's face up. I think he fractured a cheekbone. His nose was all over the place. Um, he was taken off, couldn't continue. It was a deliberate body check by by Rudiger. It was, you know, we're we're starting to get into slightly, and I mean, for the, you know, for you guys who who cover rugby so much, slightly better concussion protocols in football. It's, it's pathetic compared to the way that rugby players are properly treated. But nonetheless, there is this motion that in football that there's, there's an idea that oh, maybe the head's an important part of the human anatomy. Maybe we should protect it slightly better. And there was nothing done. And, and that doesn't get talked about, whereas some idea that nobody's analytically ever said that it was the, the lack of a pivoti that, that meant that Chelsea won instead of Manchester City. Nobody's ever said that, well, no, maybe Pep doesn't talk about it an awful lot, but I know that Guardiola feels that Tuchel's Chelsea was the single best team he's ever come across, whether he's been in charge of Barca B, Barca, Bayern Munich or Manchester City. Tuchel's Chelsea was the single best team to know what to do with the ball to know what to do with their strategy once they pressed the ball and won at the back of City. But Pep Guardiola's idea was that um, in, in his time as a coach, other teams have, have tackled his players, have intercepted a pass, have pressed and won the ball. But his his overbearing idea is that most of the time, because opposition teams do that relatively rarely against his teams, 
opposition teams then don't necessarily use their their possession they've won back cleverly. They'll, they'll press too hard. Uh, they'll sorry. They'll push quickly when they're not ready to attack. They'll they'll make a nervous pass or they'll make an, a pass full of exuberance and extra extra. Look, we've won the ball back. Look, oh, we just lost it again. And Tuchel's team didn't. Guardiola, not just in that final, perpetually against Tuchel's Chelsea. Um, and, and increasingly in, in Germany, when Tuchel was learning how to play against um, uh, Guardiola when they were Dortmund and, and Bayern Munich coaches, respectively, that was the thing that Tuchel had as a secret weapon, that, that he coached his teams that not that wouldn't be automatic that they'd smash into attack if they won the ball off City. They would if the gaps were there, but if, they, if the gaps weren't there, they would retention, hold the ball and start to build themselves. And that was, the, that was one of the absolute key things that won that final. And this idea that, that Pep tinkers or comes up with crazy ideas, in terms of generally that he's rethinking ideas, that, he, that his strategies become complicated and that certain players you know, chafe under the, 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 the burden of do this, don't do that. And I've, and I've changed what I'm telling you, that, you know, from two years ago or from half a season ago because this is how I see it now. Those things do chafe the players because certain players get into comfort zones and think, well, if we're winning, do not change a winning habit. Pep, Pep is not of the idea that if it broke, don't fix it. He's perpetually trying to stay ahead. So some players chafe at that. But the idea that that he comes up with, you know, fanciful nonsense in in big occasions, I think that's just a myth. Graham, before we leave, you give it to us in a word: City or Inter? City and entertaining. Don't miss it. Okay, well, we'll set for that, and I do look forward to uh, the Partick v Clare final at some point down the track. <laughs> It'll happen, you know it will. <laughs> Enjoy it. Thanks, Graham. See you, fellas. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now.